Chapter Twenty Four of A Coin of Edward the Seventh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Coin of Edward the Seventh by Fergus Hume. Chapter Twenty Four A Rat in a Corner. The next day, Giles returned to Rickwell with Steele the detective could not leave town before as he had to procure a warrant for the arrest of alfred denham alias wilson alias george franklin and half a dozen other names the man was to be arrested for various robberies connected with the gang of thieves of which he was the head search was being made by the police for the red cross yacht but evidently the gang had taken alarm for she had disappeared it was steele's opinion that she was down plymouth way sailing round the devonshire coast and the police in that county were on the lookout once i can get that ship explained steele to giles when in the train and their claws will be cut they have escaped for a long time so ingenious have their methods been but i have accumulated a mass of evidence and have several names known to the police yes and several names of people not known there are about twenty thieves professional and amateur connected with this matter it is a big affair but i'll get the yacht and then denham that will be the means of laying bare the whole swindle which denham or the yacht each both if the police can seize the boat unexpectedly some incriminating papers are sure to be found on board and if i can arrest denham i'll soon get the truth out of him i don't believe he can tell the truth even if forced to said ware grimly you have no idea how that man has cheated me steele and then giles related the eavesdropping of himself and morley i don't know how denham got to know he continued but the tale he told about the invented brother was his own history and quite deceived me and morley also that soliloquy after mrs benker departed was a masterly conception it would have cheated anyone let alone me the man was acting for the benefit of myself and morley and he knew we were listening what a clever scoundrel he's been a little too clever this time replied steele then he began to laugh but refused to explain why he did so save in a general way this is the queerest case i was ever in he said with a chuckle you don't know how queer well you explain i think you are keeping something from me i am answered steele readily tit for tat mr ware you did a little business on your own account and said nothing to me i repay the compliment i was afraid you would arrest miss denham you mean miss franklin no i should not have done that my investigations into this thieving case have shown me that she is perfectly innocent she knows nothing about denham's rascalities and she certainly did not commit the murder are you so sure that dane is the culprit asked giles yes i am sure he was at gravesend on board that yacht and when the so-called wilson came by train from london dane rode over from tilbury on a motor-bicycle they met on that night and then i expect denham induced dane to murder the girl afterwards dane went back to tilbury as he came and denham induced his daughter to rescue him on your motor but why should he get anne to do that because he saw that he had been wrong in forcing dane to do what he did dane was too hasty he should have waited till denham was a safe distance away and then have executed the deed 
as it was i believe that denham came out to find the girl dead and knowing he might be accused lost his head otherwise he certainly would not have betrayed himself to miss anne she believing him to be her father secured the car and saved him a very clever woman mr ware i hope you will ask me to the wedding how do you know it will ever take place asked giles sadly because i am sure we shall find miss anne in the priory i shall arrest denham and you can place the lady in charge of some friend or send her up to her mother the princess Caraxe. by the way how does she come to be the mother it's a long story the princess was married twice first to george franklin of jamaica and secondly to prince Caraxe. but how do you know that when morley arrived with anne that denham did not take fright and fly i don't think morley would let him do that it is probable that miss anne would tell him what she knew and there would be quite enough suspicion excited in morley's mind to induce him to communicate with me has he done so well no he hasn't but then he's a detective also you see and his professional jealousy even although he has retired may induce him to engineer this business himself but he shan't have the credit of it after all my work cried steele vehemently then the detective began to turn over his notes so as to prepare for the coming interview with denham giles gave himself up to his own thoughts and rejoiced that he would soon see anne again her character would be cleared and then she would become his wife ware was much relieved that olga had overcome her foolish fancy for him but he could not be sure if her cure was permanent when she excused herself she was weak and exhausted and he dreaded lest when she recovered she should begin to persecute him again but after all as he reflected it really did not much matter the future of anne was taken out of her hands and the princess Caraxe would not permit olga to play fast and loose with anne's happiness giles remembered how olga had told him that anne was at school at hampstead but had not said a word about the convent at milan no doubt anne when she first came to england had gone for a few finishing lessons to the hampstead school for there she had met mrs cairns still olga all the time had known much more of anne's history than she had chosen to tell and if the princess Caraxe had not been so candid ware doubted very much if olga would have confessed her relationship with anne yet on second thought he fancied he might be doing the hungarian sister wrong in spite of her proposed treachery she was really fond of anne and perhaps would not have delivered her up to the police in fact after she brought her mother over to unmask denham and had thus made her aware of anne's existence she could not do that without provoking her mother's undying enmity on the whole olga was something of a problem and although giles wished to think of her as kindly as he could he determined to see as little of her as was possible after the marriage he did not trust her there was too much of the untamed tigress about the girl when the train arrived at barnham a trap ordered by giles was waiting to take them to rickwell on the platform steele was met by a local policeman who seemed to be much excited i have acted according to your instructions sir he said touching his helmet well said steele sharply while giles lingered to listen for everything the detective said was interesting to him he still doubted his intentions regarding anne did mr morley bring down miss denham no sir was the unexpected answer mr morley has not come back since he went up to town two nights ago he went by the nine train 
the same train as i went by interposed giles are you sure said steele and giles fancied he saw a smile play round his rather full lips yes sir mr morley on the evening he went away called at the priory and had a quarrel with mr franklin sir they came to blows sir and mr franklin's leg is broken then he has not left rickwell no sir he's laid up with the broken leg and his daughter is nursing him he's awful bad i've been told sir by mrs perry giles could not help laughing at the introduction of the good lady's name she seemed to be mixed up with everything he could not be sorry for denham as he was only meeting with his desserts but anne where can she be he asked steele as they stepped into the cart i wish i knew said steele gloomily i had an idea that morley was playing me false do you think he is in league with denham i am sure of it that is the portion of the case of which i have not spoken to you you'll hear what denham says now that morley has left him in the lurch denham will reveal morley's connection with these matters but morley has secured a hostage in the person of miss anne he has taken her away somewhere his wife may know of his whereabouts after we have seen denham we'll speak of her since when have you had suspicions of morley since i investigated the scarlet cross case i have found one or two of the gang who like dane are willing to turn king's evidence to save themselves it was one of them called scott who told me of dane's coming on the motor bicycle to rickwell but later on you shall hear all let me round off the case by arresting denham here steele scratched his head and smiled ruefully but i fear the case will not be finished till morley is caught and where am i to look for him i wish i had had him watched he has been too clever for me i might have known as joe bart he was one of the smartest detectives in london after this speech steele began to think and as he seemed impatient of interruption giles said nothing in due time they arrived at the door of the priory it was close on five o'clock steele rang the bell and as he did so a couple of policemen came round the corner for orders steele told them to wait in the hall while he saw denham i don't think he can show fight with a broken leg said steele grimly as he spoke the door opened portia with her freckled face swollen with weeping appeared she did not seem astonished at the sight of the men in uniform perhaps she had seen them lurking in the neighbourhood and knew what to expect come in she said sullenly to steele and his companion my father expects you who told him i was coming asked steele i don't know she answered and led the way up the stairs on the landing she turned viciously if father had not broken his leg you would not have found us here she declared i quite believe that retorted steele and you needn't have brought those beasts of men continued the girl with a glance at the police in the hall we are all alone douse and his wife and daughter ran away when they heard there was trouble oh they are mixed up in this affair also i don't know i shan't say anything for i don't know nothing she sullenly led the way through a long corridor and opened the door of a sitting-room here on a sofa with a small table at his elbow lay denham his leg was swathed in bandages and he wore a loose dressing-gown as they entered he laid down a book and looked at them his face was worn his hair was quite grey but the brilliance of his eyes were undimmed and he spoke in a masterful manner 
here you are steele he said coolly got the warrant how do you know i have a warrant asked the other taken aback i knew you would find out the truth the moment mrs franklin or rather i should say the princess caraxay discovered me she has told you all and has put you on my track dane put me on your track dane well i am not surprised he's a scoundrel king's evidence i suppose i'll defeat him steele take a seat and i'll tell you all about myself very much surprised at this calmness the two men sat down denham waved his daughter out of the room she was unwilling to go but a glance sent her away when she closed the door denham turned to giles when you marry anne mr ware said he ask her to look after my poor daughter how do you know i shall ever marry anne because you are a determined man men like you usually do get their own way you intend to marry anne franklin and you will but portia has been good to anne and when i am in prison i hope anne will take care of her i'll see to that said giles i don't believe that the sins of the father should be visited on the children do you know where anne has got to she went away with morley at the sound of this name denham's face grew black i wish i knew where morley is he said vehemently i would give him up to the police with pleasure on the evening of the day anne escaped he came here with his wife when she left he had a quarrel with me saying i had done wrong in letting anne go we fought and he threw me down the stairs my leg is broken and so i could not get away from the police well i give myself up tis rather hard after i have done so much to get the money i wanted even to committing a murder said steele no said denham decisively i did not kill daisy kent she was murdered by but i'll tell you that later in the meantime mr ware tell me what the princess told you and i'll supply the details she doubtless has omitted then steele can follow with his tale giles had no hesitation in complying with this request he narrated his connection with olga and the story told by her mother also he detailed how he had confided in morley thinking him an honourable man this was the only time when denham smiled and he did smile derisively however he did not interrupt but when giles was finished looked at steele that gentleman gave a history of his doings and discoveries he omitted all mention of morley denham noted this i see you have left something for me to tell he said well as i am like a rat in a corner i must give in the end has come and i don't know that i am sorry i have had a very uneasy life of it since i left jamaica and as usual it was a woman who ruined me not the princess caraxay said giles quickly yes you heard her version of the story now hear mine she led me on she behaved badly she i don't believe you i won't listen very good then we will take up the story from the time i came to milan replied denham coolly anne was with me and i treated her well she never knew anything of my inner life and always thought me a good man i rather prided myself in keeping her in that belief dane said that you behaved very well said steele denham nodded ironically i am much obliged for the good opinion of such a scoundrel he said well you know how i treated anne 
when she became a governess she left me to follow out my idea of making money i bought a yacht and invented the society of the scarlet cross for a time all went well then i was foolish enough when robbing the safe of lady summersdale to drop a cross a red cross it was found by bart i mean morley who was the detective you can call him bart said giles steele told me it was his name i prefer to call him morley since by that name i know him best was denham's retort as i say he discovered the red cross he had charge of the case and he traced me by that ornament he got to know of the yacht and of the working of the gang instead of arresting us all which he could have done he agreed to join us i thought so cried steele slapping his thigh i guessed this did you offer him any inducement asked giles yes at first he was bent on breaking up the gang and putting me in jail but i remembered how walpole had said that every man had his price i ascertained morley's it was ease and comfort and plenty of money to gamble with did he gamble asked ware starting he ruined himself with gambling replied denham if it had not been for his indulgence in that vice he would not have joined our society mr ware however he did i told him of the powell money and said that when i got it i would share it with him franklin was drowned i had his papers and knew all about his life and there was no difficulty in proving myself to be the man i did so and now i have the money but the price of daisy's death was i'm coming to that interrupted denham impatiently well morley joined us his professional information helped us to improve our business he made me give back lady summersdale's jewels so that his professional reputation might be preserved he was highly complimented on getting the swag back added denham smiling ironically but the thieves unfortunately escaped and he was hand in glove with a lot of you said steele almost with admiration i always said joe bart was clever he was too clever for me said denham shifting his position and sighing with the pain of his leg however with iron resolution he continued but i'll punish him yet well to make a long story short morley retired from the force and married a widow she had money he spent all she had he got his percentage from our society and spent that also he was always gambling and took runs up to town to lose his money in a private hell he knew of afterwards he got into difficulties and began to yearn for the powell money it was because daisy kent was to inherit that he induced her father to appoint him her guardian and for that reason he settled in rickwell yes kent had known mrs morley for many years and it was she who was the guardian when he married mrs morley our friend settled in rickwell so that his wife might renew her friendship with kent and get the girl it all came about as he designed and daisy kent lived at the elms morley thought he would sell me and when the girl got the money by using his influence to induce her to give it to him i believe he was capable of killing his wife and of marrying daisy but that scheme was stopped by the fact that daisy was engaged to you ware i am thankful that she was said giles wiping his face what a devil the man is he is a clever man replied denham coolly 
but he was not sufficiently clever to get the better of daisy kent what she found out or how he treated her i don't know but she took a violent hatred to him he knew she would not give him the money when she got it and so stop cried ware do you mean to say morley killed the girl no i wish i could say so but he was in his house all the time he is innocent enough i'll tell you about that later at present let me go on with the story i heard by cable from australia that powell was dead and then i feigned death to get rid of anne i came to england and as wilson heard about the will and afterwards served the summons why did you serve the summons i simply wanted to see morley without suspicion being excited i saw him in the library he told me that he had ordered the yacht to anchor off gravesend and that dane was coming to tell him when it was there he then asked me to kill daisy kent saying i could get the fortune when she was dead denham paused and wiped his face i don't pretend to be a good man he said but i declined to murder the girl while we were arguing anne entered when she saw me she nearly fainted as she thought i was dead she recognized me yes put in giles but she said she didn't speak to you but she did morley knew then that she was franklin's daughter and if daisy died the rightful owner of the money i expect that is why he had decoyed her away well i made anne agree to be silent promising her an explanation the next day she left the room i went away and afterwards to church i wished to see daisy and warn her against morley i passed a note saying that i desired to see her about the money she went out i followed shortly it was snowing heavily when i got out i heard a cry and rushed in his direction it came from the grave of kent daisy was lying there dead i saw a man dash away who was he asked steel and giles simultaneously i believe from the glimpse i caught he was dane i thought so said steel triumphantly yes dane killed the girl i expect morley put him up to it i lost my head i knew that to save himself that morley would accuse me i rushed forward and came out i hurriedly explained and then we know interrupted giles you bolted on my motor-car tell us how you got the money oh i appeared as franklin and saw asher i produced my papers and was put into formal possession of the money morley insisted that i should live down here under his eye i could not refuse he has drained me of nearly every penny then when trouble began he made use of his position here to warn me of what was going on he made a fool of me said giles grimly i told him everything and you played that nice little comedy in the park with mrs banker denham smiled yes and the soliloquy was my own idea i knew that would impose on you morley swindled me also said steele with gloom clever man you said that before remarked denham dryly however when anne's mother appeared i knew the game was up she made me promise to send anne to her so i had to let her go why did you blame anne for the murder i wanted to stop your prying into matters which did not concern you 
snarled the man savagely it was you who started all this infernal business but it's all over you can arrest me as soon as you like steel and if you catch morley i'll willingly stand in the dock beside him as he said this the door opened there was a noise outside portia was trying to keep someone back but the man forced his way past her and into the room it was trim and he presented a letter to his master beg pardon sir but i heard you were here and there's a letter came this morning marked immediate i wanted to start for town but when i heard you were here i came over and this young woman's been trying to keep me out to say nothing of them police below giles opened the letter hastily something fell with a silvery ring on the floor steel picked it up what's this he asked wonderingly a coin with precious stones hands edward the seventh half-sovereign shouted giles this is from her the letter written in pencil merely said prisoner yacht bilbao steel cried giles morley has taken her to bilbao we follow End of chapter twenty four read by Celine Major